Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you as we get the rain worked out a little bit this morning. Well, praise the Lord. I'm happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning with his presence and uh, his spirit ministering to our hearts and ministering to the concerns and the places we find ourselves in our life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, so those of you who are joining us online this morning, welcome. Uh, we have a, an event planned for this Saturday. Uh, so if you want to find out more about it, uh, cccvt.org. Uh, it's a community block party just next door in the parking lot here. So uh, we'll be setting up pretty much all day on Friday. So we could sure use some help uh, for those of you who have that day available. Uh, but more importantly, we also need a lot of help cleaning up. So the, the party is from 3 o'clock in the afternoon to about 7 that evening. Uh, we're going to have lots and lots of things. There'll be vendors there and food and um, there'll be animals and things for the kids to do. And uh, expect that the entire parking lot is going to be uh, full up and uh, we'll have to park kind of uh, a little bit out on the street and in other places. But praise the Lord, it's going to be a fabulous event. Uh, so a little bit more uh, on that as we close this morning. But um, I would really appreciate if you have the time, uh, 7 o'clock, uh, to help clean up. Uh, there's probably, you know, maybe 50 tables or so that we need to pull into the parking lot with all the chairs and things. So uh, lots, lots to do. Uh, so please, I really appreciate your help. Amen. Well, the title of the message this morning is... Loving Jesus empowers you to fulfill your destiny. Amen? Amen. One of the um, questions I've heard in the Spirit over the last several weeks is, who is God to you? Who is God to you? Who is the Lord to you? Your guidance. Guidance, Yeah. You know, um, does the, the, the important questions I feel are being asked in the day that we're in. These are the days where the prophecy of the Word of God comes and it empowers us to become and be who we need to be. Amen? These are the days where the, the light of the world wants to overshadow and outshine the light of Jesus Christ. The light and the ways of the community. There are so many meetings that I'm aware of and attending, and you know, because I'm in working for commercial uh, company and so on. And there are so many meetings where the laws and the principles and the rules are being reformatted and redesigned and repurposed to mean things that God never intended them to mean. It seems as though those who don't know God are testifying about who He is, but not really knowing His heart and His principles and His laws or His Word. And we're coming into a season where your light is going to shine brighter and brighter because of the distance and the distractions and the differences between the true light and the one that is not so true. The one that is the fake the one that is the counterfeit, the one that testifies about religion, testifies about God, but they themselves don't know Him. 
And therefore, their own ideas and their own thoughts and processes of who they want God to be is what they're preaching. And that's not who he is. He's able to speak and manifest something out of nothing. He is a God of miracles. He's a God of love and peace and joy. And he is the only way of salvation to heaven. Amen? Amen? We heard this morning a testimony of a dear sister in our, in our body this morning that, of course I'm going to heaven. I haven't killed anybody. I don't do drugs. I haven't done anything mean. I'm generally a good person. Right? That isn't the criteria for making it into the kingdom of heaven. God's kingdom. Eternal life. He says that the only way to make it into that place is to personally have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so the world can make all the laws they want to and they can redefine what they think is truth and they can put signs on buildings and signs on rooms and they can put laws on the books. But that doesn't change what the Bible testifies and the love letter that he left us that describes his heart and what he believes and what he laid as a foundation for us to follow. Amen? Maybe to some, he's just a God who governs the universe, holds the planets in place and causes the sun to rise and fall causes the tides to come and go, causes the seasons <clears throat> to be perpetual one after another. And possibly he really doesn't have time to know you as a personal created being. Some say that. But I want to testify through my life and what I have discovered <clears throat> in God that he knows me better than I know myself. Yes. Amen. And he knows my comings and my goings. He knows my shortcomings and my strengths. He knows my weaknesses. And he never has left me. Amen? Amen. He's able to deliver and restore and heal the woundedness. And there are so many places in this world that are available to us to seek out change. Books, programs, professional help, guidance, doctors, lawyers. Please don't get me wrong. All of these are God-given. They're put in place by God to serve a purpose, but not in place of himself. Not instead of who he is. It's in addition to. His goodness and His mercy. Yes. He is love. There is so much focus today talking about the power of God, the power of destiny, the power of His name, the power of His voice. I'm going to suggest to you this morning, that's all wonderful, but if you don't know His love and you don't know him as a person, 
all of these other things are going to fall short. Do you know your destiny? Do you know that he, your th- his thoughts that he has about you? Well, some may think that, well, I don't know his passion. I don't know the thoughts that he has towards me. Some even say in the circles that I travel, oh, I don't believe there is a God because look at all the suffering in the world. Look at all the bad things that are happening. Look at all of the shootings and the killings. If there were a God, why would he allow that? And they go on and on to say that they haven't experienced God because they're looking in the wrong places. Or maybe some people are waiting for the hammer to fall, right? Waiting for that time where the struggle comes and maybe you do know God, but you're walking in fear. You're walking in anxiety because the events of the world are taking place so rapidly. They've increased in their momentum and their pace. You can't turn on the news anymore without hearing about nation rising up against nation. Economies of the world are not following the same rules that they used to follow. It makes no sense. There are storms and hurricanes in places we've never heard of before. Just turn the news on and look at Europe under an enormous flood that they haven't ever experienced before. It says nation will rise against nation. And things are happening at such a rapid pace right now. God is also speaking to his children. And he intends on your light to shine even brighter under the miracles and the signs and wonders and the power and the authority and releasing his word out into the atmosphere to see and experience change of where he's wanted change to take place. But he also wants you to know him as the God of love and peace, to quiet every fear, to quiet every place of anxiety, every place of stress. The world will surely continue with global pandemics and struggles and trials that are unprecedented for mankind. Has something happened to you somewhere in your life so terrible that you just can't find the answers to the unanswered questions? You just can't seem to understand or explain the events that have taken place in your life. And you're caught in despair and trouble. And you're reaching out to God. And you're reaching out to the hope that is found in His name. But it seems to be delayed. God knows that hope deferred makes the heart sick. I remember a time in my life, September 24th, 1974. I was nine years old. And I was asking a lot of questions 
about who God was. Something inside of me just seemed to bear witness that there was so much more to life than the joy of a nine-year-old and riding the bike and playing cowboys and Indians and climbing trees and making forts and being on the farm, taking care of the animals. Fabulous life. But there was something missing inside of me. A void that even as nine years old I knew was somehow going to be some, something, I was missing something. And on that particular day, it was a beautiful fall day. You don't get much nicer days than that. And I was enjoying, and my parents were out in the field cutting corn uh, for, the, for the animals, for the, for the uh, livestock. We had a bunch of cows and horses and every other thing. And uh, they were out harvesting the corn uh, with, a, with a corn chopper and a harvester. And uh, I decided to go out and kind of check out, see how much they had left to do. And so I was running into the field, and before I knew it, I was uh, tangled up inside this corn chopper. And uh, I passed out several times. Uh, I knew that that event, that few seconds of uh, experience in my life was going to change the rest of my life. Um, I could see parts of my body missing. Uh, I have a right leg that is a prosthesis. Um, My left leg was half severed. Uh, I was covered with blood, head to toe. My clothes were stripped from me. Uh, I had broken arms and teeth and head and just on and on and on. I don't know how he was able to do it, but somehow my dad got the equipment stopped. And my mother jumped out of the truck that was in the back that the corn chopper was throwing the corn into. So they witnessed the whole thing, nine-year-old boy. And at that time, I wanted to die. I'm being honest. It, It was more than I could handle. And so somehow my dad uh, came off the equipment and uh, I was left on the ground in pieces and he picked me up and started running out of the field. And my mom came shortly after that with a car and they put me in the back seat and we headed for the hospital. And I wanted to die just because I knew that there was a heaven. And I knew that there was a place without pain. And I knew that there was a place where this event that I was going through, there was going to be peace. And if I could just somehow get there. And so I asked, am I going to die? And very quickly the answer was no. You're not going to die. Why? Why? And so I was asking the questions. What did I do to deserve this? What did I do as a nine-year-old boy to deserve something like this? Where I was sure that I would never be put back together to be the same that I was. I was sure that I had months and months ahead of me with gifted doctors and surgeons and and those that knew how to function as best they could. And I began asking the question, why? 
what did I do? What, did, what went wrong? What was I thinking about? And I started this internal assessment of trying to make sense of the situation, trying to make sense of what had just happened, tried to make sense of my parents dealing with the trauma of their nine-year-old with my two brothers watching. You have to understand it wasn't until later that I found out that I was asking the wrong questions. And maybe you have asked in your questions, why is this happening to me? Why does life seem so difficult? The older I get, the more stable I should be and the more confident I should be. But with the changing of everything that's going on in the world, I'm more insecure as an older person today than I was 10 years ago. Or maybe your thoughts are, I don't know where I'm going or what's happening. Everything is changing so quickly. And maybe that there are threats in your life to threaten everything that is familiar to you everything that you're aware of. I'm telling you, asking those kinds of questions is the wrong question to ask. I discovered, even as a young boy, the right questions are, who am I in Christ? If I'm not going to die, and I'm left to carry out a life as a nine-year-old boy, and I would assume that I would live to 60, 70, or 80, or 90 years old, I've got a long, long haul ahead of me. If God isn't going to take me home, then who am I really in Christ? Who am I in God? Why did he create me? What did he give me to accomplish that I need to start changing my focus on? And so rather than asking the questions that I think all humans ask, why do I deserve this? What happened to me? What did I do wrong? Where did I sin? Where did I do that one thing that was so horrible that this is the payment that I receive? And you start asking yourself, who am I in Christ? Who am I in Christ Jesus? And you begin to discover how he really thinks about who you are and how valuable you are. You cannot look at one isolated incident and say that God's love has somehow failed. I thought God failed me. I thought he had somehow turned away for a moment in time and forgot about me, and this horrible, wicked thing happened to me. And you can't assess who God is by a couple of circumstances or a couple of events that happen in your life. You've got to look at his hand and his oversight throughout your entire life. Just as you can't pick one or two or five or ten or twenty verses in the Bible and have that become your doctrine by which you believe on, and everything else is gray, you can't do that. He gave you the Bible as the sum total 
representative of his heart and representative of the emotions and his thoughts and his feelings and his plans and your destiny. That's why you've got to know the Word. You have to know the Word. You've got to study the Word. You can't take four scriptures and have those be your life change and everything else is just gray and unimportant. It's the same with any life. There are good things and there are bad things that happen to us as individuals. But when you look at the total oversight of your life, and that bears the witness of God, that is a child of God. That is a son. That is one who has destiny. That is one who has a purpose in life. You were created and you were born and your mother, you were fabricated in your mother's womb and you were put together for a specific purpose. Your life is valuable. And you need to find out what, what the destiny and what the purpose is. And you need to spend time in one-on-one relationship with him, asking him the questions, what should I be doing? Who am I in you? You can't look at one isolated incident and say God's love has somehow failed. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, For I, God says, and he's saying it again over and over and over to us personally and intimately today, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I, your Father, will listen to you, and you will seek me, and you will find me. When you search for me for, with all of your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord. Those kinds of heart confession from the Lord are being released in the earth today, over and over and over again, to counter the counterfeit. When people only know about God, they tend to form ideas and wrong motives, and they end up living by laws that don't represent really who He is. When people don't know God, they are left to form their own ideas of who they want Him to be, altering His ways and His truth to mold their own ideas of who they want themselves to be. God is right now inhabiting every single moment. His desire for you is without doubt. It's without hesitation. It's without holding back. He's not desiring to hold back His favor, His blessing. He wants to give it lavishly. David said, Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice is like the ocean's depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord, and how precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. 
John 14, verse 12. Jesus said himself, I tell you a timeless truth. I'm reading from the Passion Bible. I tell you a timeless truth. It means there's never going to be a time in creation where this doesn't hold true as though he spoke it just 20 seconds ago. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I have done. Even greater miracles than these, because I go to the Father. For I will do whatever you ask of me in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like. To bring glory to him. Jesus tells of about the Holy Spirit coming, and he says... Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. I have done some things in life without seeking the Lord and how difficult it really is. But when I focus on loving Jesus, I find a new empowerment and a new, a new energy and a new hope and a new understanding and revelation to approach the very same thing. But it is so much easier. He said, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another Savior the Holy Spirit of truth. He will be a friend to you, just like I am to you. He will never leave you, just like I will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you know him intimately because he remains in you and will live inside of you. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my Father. And I will passionately love him in return and will reveal myself to him. Then one of the disciples who's named Judas, not Judas Iscariot, another one, said, Lord, why is it that you'll reveal your identity to us and not everyone else? The same question is being asked today a thousand times over across the earth. People believing they know who God is out of their own limited understanding of either what they heard or what they were taught or what they want to believe. But this particular passage tells us that God is revealed to certain individuals, not everyone. Not everyone. And the questions are still being asked today. And that's where the laws of God are rewritten to mean something completely different that they weren't intended to mean. Governments and nations forming laws that are are so far from God's heart. And this tells us why. The one disciple named Judas said, Lord, why is it that you will only reveal your identity to us and not everyone else? 
Jesus replied, Loving me empowers you to obey my words. Therefore, those individuals who don't love God and don't seek a relationship with him, it means that they can't fulfill his word. They can't know him. They can't experience him. They can't know his passion and know his heart. It's kind of like reading an article in a newspaper about an event that took place on the earth. You can know some of the details, like when it started and when it ended and who was affected, and you can know a lot of things about the story, but you never yourself experienced it personally. And my Father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make your and make you our dwelling place. Those who don't love me will not obey my words. And so I leave you as I close this morning with Romans 8:37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us first. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principality or powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So I want you to understand this morning that loving Jesus empowers you to fulfill your destiny. You're asked to do some amazing things in this life. And separate and apart from Christ, you will never succeed. The only way that you can succeed is by loving Christ, loving Jesus, obeying his word, doing the things that he taught us to do. And I find it very encouraging that uh, we have an opportunity to reach out to a community disguised as a block party. Disguised as a block party. But just serving our community through love. Yep, it's going to take a lot of work. Yep. My bones and my joints may be really sore at the end of the day. Maybe it's going to cost me some cash. Maybe it's going to cost me some time. Maybe it's going to cost me three or four days. Maybe it's going to cost me the rest of my life. I don't know. But the one question that I want you to ask is, who am I in Christ? Whatever's going on in your life, whatever events are rising up to distract you and take your time and create fear and anxiety, this was the individual on that day that found himself asking those questions Why me? What did I do? Where did I go wrong? 
if there is a God, how could he how could he possibly allow such a traumatic event to take place? And when I started to ask the questions that aligned with his heart, who did he create me to be? Things got a lot clearer. My fear subsided and went away. And you can see, you can't really see the missing parts of the body, but you can see the ropes, and you can see the sandbags, and you can see the traction, and all of the things that the doctors were trained to do to put me back together. They're blessed. They were sent by God, used by God. And I've been in a half a dozen accidents since, similar to this, and I've wondered, why does this keep happening to me? Don't ask those questions. Rise up in, the, in the, affir- the affirmation of Jesus Christ and declare over your circumstance, no, no weapon formed against me will prosper. God has put me on this earth to fulfill a destiny. And though the adversary seems to have the upper hand in these few moments, in the end, God's story of truth will have a punctuation mark, exclamation mark at the end of it, and it will declare who he is, his goodness, his faithfulness, his love, his joy, his peace, his goodness. So the story didn't stop there almost 50 years ago. And it won't stop until God has told the last sentence of the last chapter that is written about you in the archives and the books of heaven. When that book has been fully experienced, it's time to go home to meet the Father. Not until... So I hope somehow this has met your heart this morning, the things that you're going through, uh, the uncertainties, the trials, at least they seem to be coming over and over and over again, but God says my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. The same. Let's expand that a little bit. Our children, our nieces, our nephews, our loved ones that we care very deeply about. How do we make Christ real to them? How do we how do we walk through this life and take as many as we can with us to heaven? Ultimately, it's not your decision. He is a good man. One of the things you can do is, Jesus said, uh, some things are only accomplished by fasting and praying. Some things are done by interceding. And God described a series of things that if the people do know him, 
like yourself, and you begin to rise up as that daughter of Christ and intercede for Kenny and intercede for our loved ones and our children's, my Bible tells me that God hears my cry and he answers every single one. My Bible tells me that maybe he doesn't answer it as quickly as I would like him to, right? That kid wanting everything to change like this, because I think most kids do, took years and years and years, but he heard my cry. And so God will hear your cry. And he will respond to the condition of the heart that joins with his so that those who are his find him and experience that love. I hope for all people that we pray for, it happens sooner than later, but if it takes a lifetime, it's his, it's, it's his ways. And so don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Don't be like that little kid laying in that bed wanting to die because you haven't yet fulfilled the destiny and the chapter that's in the last part of the book about your life. You can even ask the angels to go and get the books and open them and read them aloud in the courtrooms of heaven against your adversary to remind heaven and earth I am a called child of God. And so there is an authority coming upon the people in the days that we're in. Nation will rise against nation, but also the sons of God are being revealed. And also the power of his name through the relationship of Christ is being imparted in a a more dramatic way than it was five years ago or ten years ago. So I want you to understand and know this move that God has put in our midst and disguised as a block party. Wait a minute. Whoa, wait a minute. There's something else going on here. All right. All right. Let it be unto me according to the will of God. Amen? Amen. 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 Block party, uh, anybody that uh, wants to be a part of it, please, gosh, we've got about 50 tables set up, in the, and we just need people to help. We need people to meet other people. We need people to oversee, like, popcorn um, stands. We've got this uh, thing that looks like a popcorn uh, dispenser like you see at the movies. Um, and I'm one that likes lots of butter on my popcorn and lots of salt and and all the good stuff. We've got um, a cookout and a barbecue. We're going to need people to help with the trash, help with the chairs, uh, help with the kids and the face painting, help with the balloons, um, you know, t- help with the finances and the money. Uh, you know, everything's not free. You know, the chicken and the food and the hot dogs, you know, comes at a cost, but somebody's got to oversee that. Amen. And so if you have uh, in the morning time free, We'll still be setting up on Saturday morning um, and some of the finished touches, but um, some of us will do the heavy lifting on Friday. So if you have Friday available, um, you know, we're setting up most of that day or even the event itself. Come and be a part of the event. Uh, We asked for people to sign up last Sunday and I think we got three names. Uh, So that was a little bit discouraging. Uh, Please, please, please. 
uh, if you can come for an hour or two hours or two days. Uh, Your destiny, your destiny is a destiny ministering to what we heard this morning, those who don't know Christ, those who don't know their destiny. And if the children of God won't do it, it says the rocks will cry out. Do you want a rock crying out in your place on that day of your judgment? No. So please. Amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah.